0: Alrighty, guys. What is up? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast, and I have got my friend, Emily Lasko, who we... I, I don't know at what point you ever found any of my my silly fucking videos on the internet, but at whatever <laughs> point that was, then there was a formal interaction, which we're going to talk about, that we got to work together, um, and, I, and, and our conversations, I found your breadth and depth of experience in the fitness industry, very interesting, very unique. There wasn't as many people Mm who's gone through these multiple facets and roles within the industry from corporate to, you know, CrossFit style micro gym, and now getting into the amenity based inside of multifamily residential apartments, things like that. So we're going to unpack Mm -hmm. all that, but, um, and and, and for everyone listening, the reason I brought Emma on is not only because of this breadth of experience or experience in her career, but she has a lot of information, a lot of our best jam sessions I felt when we worked together was talking about creating a good experience. And when we worked together, it was doing an online fitness experience. But I know you have mm-hmm. that, obviously, in the, the brick and mortar from your Orange Theory background. And now as you you know transition into this new creating an amenity experience for a resident mm-hmm. in an apartment complex. So all that, excited to shoot the shit on this. Emily, would you mm-hmm. be a favor? for everyone who uh, is unfamiliar with your background? Go ahead and just kind of leading up to like Orange Theory time, because that's probably the kickoff. How did yep. you get up to that? Uh, let them have it.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, out of school, I was actually in a branding agency. So, I was in a branding marketing agency. My role was more on the strategy side. So, it really does kind of tie back to the experience part of it because I was working on building a brand from the ground up and when it comes to the key messaging and who we need to reach and how we need to reach them very creative and it that company for um, many different reasons it just started not to be kind of a right fit for me i have always been an athlete i've always been very interested in fitness it's just been kind of my thing and so when i shifted out of that agency i got my personal training license and just started going into what i thought was more of a hobby and started to find possible positions to turn it into more than that. And that's really how I found Orange Theory. And at the time, so this was um, 2016. And at the time, Orange Theory was relatively new. We were, they had maybe a couple studios in Ohio, I think just one actually, well, maybe at that time, more like four or five in the Central Ohio area. Now there are upwards of 20 in this area.
0: And for everyone, I found know, them on a Facebook. Emma's coming from Columbus, Ohio, which is the state's capital in Ohio. My hometown, mm-hmm. yes. my home state, all that. Okay, continue.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, I found Orange Theory literally on a Facebook ad. And I was like, okay, I have no idea what this is about. I have never been into the group fitness thing. I did CrossFit. At that point, I had done CrossFit for the first time like 10 years ago and really loved it, fell out of it a little bit, but always knew I wanted to go back in. Um, but anyway, like, so what was that?
0: Why'd you fall out of it originally? Because generally once you hooks somebody, they're generally in it until injury or like cultural (laughs) core value differences occur.
1: No, for me, it was just genuinely, I think I was just young and stupid and I didn't know how to handle my money or, um, and with the job. So I was at an agency and an agency life was Chaos, and so I was traveling all the time. So I was traveling at least three, four times a month, going to God knows where, typically really small, little, like rural colleges in the middle of nowhere. Um, so, yeah, so no, it was just more my circumstance and me being a moron that I fell off of it. Okay. <laughs> and then eventually, and then, of course, I mean, for anyone who's done CrossFit, which is probably most of your audience you it becomes this thing where you stop doing it and then every class becomes your first class again if you feel like shit
0: <laughs> sure what did what did you do what did you fill your time because from 2000 that was almost like a like a, was that a 2006 was your first crossfit foray and then you really didn't pick it back up till
1: 2016 um uh yeah I just like dabble here and
0: there. Like, what did you do fitness wise? Because you're 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 fit. Are you? Are do you have good genetics where you can just get away? Like, I I don't really have to fucking work out that hard. And people, I'm I'm gonna be okay.
1: No, I wish my family thinks I'm a psychopath. I'm the youngest of six, and I think they still have no idea what I do. Whatever, whether it's been personal training or coaching or whatever, they have no idea. So, but I, but again, I always loved gyms. Like, I've just always been comfortable around equipment and I've I've never been scared of free weights. My brother was a manager at one point in his life for Gold's Gym that became whatever uh what is it now? Gold's gym became urban active
0: Yeah, a lot whatever. of them urban actives and LA fitnesses and a lot of them
1: just LA fitness, activities. that's
0: it. Yeah. So you, like navigate so you pretty did you just pretty much navigate your way through like some opus some like Globo yeah. gym type memberships for a
1: while? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. So you can cross so, it. Yep. And um, so, yeah, so I mean, Orange Theory, I found that I was never the group fitness person, but I have always been relatively comfortable in front of a crowd. And I like that coaching aspect of it, especially in the Orange Theory world, or not even Orange Theory, but you look at the soul cycles and the um, berries and all that stuff. It is so much just a concert almost. It's like you're entertaining. And, and again, you're creating that experience to make people not realize what a sick workout they're getting. And so I just loved that because I liked making people laugh. I liked making people work out and queuing up the perfect song for this sprint that I was about to make them do. Like it was just, it was fun. You so, and
0: the, the thespian, um, extrovert entertainer element of orange theory.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. In 100%. Pre-
0: in your previous experience as a CrossFit customer, did you ever consider coaching CrossFit or was it like, that's too fucking, that's too much? Because the barrier to entry on coaching at Orange Theory, because it's a self, mm-hmm. uh, self-certifying industry uh, or self-certifying right. company, is, is a little bit lower. I think it's probably higher in terms of personality and pizzazz and that like X factor. Right. What made you, right. you, you, re- you like CrossFit, why, why didn't you look at coaching that instead?
1: I think for me, it was also, it was also just kind of protecting my fitness, if that makes sense. Like I, that was very much so like my workout. I liked the Orange Theory workout. I did the Orange Theory workout a ton. And, and because, you know, just you become a, a better coach by knowing the product inside and out. And that goes for anything. You want to shit The more you-, you love and know something. Yes. And um, so I had considered coaching CrossFit, but again, it was more to add to kind of my repertoire because at this point now, and when I started Orange Theory, I mean, I was working to become a coach, but I also started behind the desk. I started just bottom of the totem pole because I'm just greedy and I kind of wanted to know the back end and the ins and outs. And by the end of my time with Orange Theory, I just really wanted to have a good sense of what went into that entire thing from operations and admin to on the floor with the mic on and um, so, at this point, I got into Orange Theory at twenty six.
0: All right, and you grad? Did you go to OSU? Yeah.
1: I went to OU. I went to Athens.
0: Oh, you went to Athens. OU. okay. OU. Yep. So you graduated twenty six. All right. Fair. how old are you right now? I'm thirty. Thirty. Okay. So mm-hmm. here we go. You're going through this journey. Front desk, and this is I'm really interested at this point. You Orange Theory is a newer model, as you were saying, to the Columbus area. Mm-hmm did it explode? Yep. Did it just like, did you guys open, like, did you guys have that pre-sell where you like, we flooded, we, we heard, <laughs> like, talk to me about the, I, a lot of people in the independently owned micro gym world have a hard time right. understanding the gravity and the, the power behind a franchise like Orange. Theory. So like, here's the brick and mortar. Here's all the back-end marketing and the guerrilla marketing and all the shit we're putting behind, and we are going to pre-sell 300-plus memberships before these fucking doors ever even open for a live class, because the worst thing that would happen to Orange Theory is for grand opening day, and four people show up for the 2 p.m. class.
1: Right, right. It was, I, so when I officially came in, and again, I'm brand new to the brand, I'm brand new to... The, the business in general. So the manager at the time and the, the few associates at that point, I think they truly had maybe like three or four associates, a head coach, a studio will open with the studio manager and a head coach. And then that's pretty much it. At this point before the doors open, the head coach is in the process of training and recruiting and hiring the talent. Um, the studio manager is in the process of doing the same thing on the front desk side. And it is just 24 seven job. Um, because they are doing all of the very traditional things, especially back then, because yeah, we hadn't, Orange Theory had not fully exploded yet, but it was, especially in the location that we were in Grandview, just central Ohio. I mean, it was very much a ton of work and I would never undermine any of the work that gone into the pre-sales part of it, but it was also just an insane, like right time and moment situation as well. And um, so when Grandview, Orange Theory, Grandview opened their doors, membership base was already over 500 people and which is insane and unheard of and these are these are brand new members what i'm finding now is that as studios open the primary client is not your fresh brand new founding member it is your cross-regional as we call them so they are cross regionals they have their membership with orange theory cleveland but they use their membership other places um and so they're a cross-regional member versus a tried and true one but so there's there was a ton going on i mean it was literally door-to-door knocking, postcards, events. Like People would come in and we, they would literally show them a video. There was an iPad and we would show them a video of what Orange Theory Fitness is because no one knows anything. So we're selling a membership. Uh, you're selling an idea. You're selling an idea. You're trying, to, you're trying to sell them on this experience that doesn't exist yet. And they can't even see it at the moment because it takes time for Orange Theory Corporate to ship equipment to you. Um, You you have to show something many things.
0: You in the actual brick and mortar, just like the front desk, or did you guys rent space somewhere? Typically with like, so when I would work with Urban Active and Globo Gyms, we Uh rent a retail spot, like an H and R Block or something like that around the corner, and we'd rent the the front spot, and that's where we do our pre sales. And all we had were giant poster boards that the architects done of the renderings, and I'd have to, you know, it's it's a it was a health club back then, so everyone knew the idea. But something like Orange Theory, like you need some video digital media to explain heart rate splat point you know tread to rower to trx that kind of transition
1: yep exactly there there was um an apartment the one and it depended on just you know where that particular location was so the grandview studio is located underneath big apartment building um so i know that they had rented out literally an apartment so people were coming up to this apartment room (laughs) and going in like okay let's see what this is about Um, but it worked, I mean, everything, and it was just again, nonstop. And, and that was, you know, if you can, it's always kind of a running joke. If you can survive pre-sales, you can pretty much do anything. Um, because it was just nonstop. And the day the doors open, I mean, there was already hours and hours of so much work going in and then it was like the doors open and like, now it's just beginning. Like we're, we're really going into it. So
0: you're selling pre-sale, you get this discounted founders rate, and you're in it for 12 months.
1: It would be, so the way that they did it, it, they didn't lock you into any sort of commitment. If you wanted a lower rate, there's a six-month commitment that you could, to, you could do, um, but it was the same kind of discount. It would be, you know, 10 bucks off, 20 bucks off a month. Um, that could, in the long run, save you, obviously, a good amount of money, And so, but they didn't lock um, anybody into, you know, a, a year or a three-year commitment or anything like that. Uh, they could cha- cancel at any point, but if they do, then they lose that founding rate. So if they do have a $20 discount that they got as a founder, then they would lose that rate. So, What's the And thing- some people were cool with that, and some people stayed.
0: Sure, yeah. I mean, just you know when people value the 20 bucks, whatever, like, yeah, a year, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's insane. Right. Um, talk to me about so you saw the front of the house of Orange Theory, you also saw the training floor mm-hmm. of Orange Theory. What part <laughs> of it do you think lends itself? to the majority of success now obviously it's all on the preface of you have to have enough mm-hmm. cash to have the marketing and pay the people and, and and people listening to this podcast if they like let's say they're a concept gym right now they're thinking of their gym like they know on day one they're not going to open up with four full-time staff right like mm-hmm. and they're going to have a guerrilla marketing team for 14 weeks prior you know that kind of scenario right when you look at that what are the, what do you think is the biggest takeaway from that experience? Is it real? Is it the magic on the floor that kept people coming or was it the marketing and the constant, like we're texting them every single day till they buy, die, or tell us to fuck off? Like it (laughs) was a process.
1: Oh boy. Well, see, so I was the studio manager.
0: You can take the easy road and say both and just give me a good reason why, why. I
1: know. Well, I I see both sides of it, I guess, because I was a coach, um, but then I also was the studio manager for, for two years, so as much as I want to, I mean, there's so much work that goes into the front part of it, I think, and I think most places, most people, like, most gyms that just have something magical to them, like, that that experience, like, You, We know that once you get somebody in there, once I get someone to my class, I can put the charm on and I can put the experience on and give them a class that they're never going to forget and that sell is made. However, if I don't have a strong lead up to it, if the sales associates, if that first text that went out was sent, you know, super generically and it didn't feel, it just felt like a sale, they're going to come in in a crappy mood, if that sales associate is not necessarily trained well, or maybe doesn't have that um, emotional intelligence, perhaps that I would want them to have as a manager, then that kind of handoff to the coach, because there's a whole process to it, that handoff to the coach might not be as sincere. So I could give them the best class in the world, they could get a good workout. But if it's not kind of that full circle experience, that sell's never going to happen. So I think to answer your question, what really did make Orange Theory really set them apart was the amount of work almost to a fault that they would put into the whole experience from the first text to the second they walk in the door to the interaction with the essay to the handoff to the coach and then back like it was a whole interaction with that
0: the, sales, that? Sales, uh, with the with interaction with the essay, essay, not like your Hispanic buddy, essay, like sales associate is what you're referring sales to.
1: Sales associate, correct. So we are listening. she's not <laughs>
0: talking about her Hispanic homies that are essays, these <laughs> are sales associates. It, so so ultimately the coaching community on the floor in the programming is, could be the tastiest dish there. But if you don't get them in and seat them down at the restaurant, it doesn't, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, luckily, but that's the thing, too. And especially and this is maybe, you know, dependent on studios. I only know the Columbus community. I know my my owner and her studios and I'm extremely biased, but I think we did what we what we do extremely well and from the front end to behind the glass. Um, But I think, yeah, if we, if they didn't really hone in on every single step of the process, it would not be nearly as successful as it is. And there's definitely, you know, there's some stupid statistic that it takes like 12 to 15 touches before somebody converts. So whether that's a call, text, whatever, like being extremely annoying and pushy and salesy, um, it finally is that right time and moment on number 13 that the person is like, okay, Jesus, I'll come in for my free class. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, and that was constant. And on the front end, I mean, that's kind of how I measured a sales associate's hours. You know, it was like, okay, how productive are you? How many calls did you get through? How many texts did you get through? And there was, there is so many systems um, with Orange Theory that I could track all that stuff and log all that stuff. And so, no, it was a whole, it was a whole experience. But I mean, the magic, like with anything, you, if you don't have, because on the flip side of that argument, I guess, if you have the most charisma in the world, but then the, pro- the workout is shit, that's also not going to fly. So sure. had, everything had to be super dialed in. And they were, they are I'll very argue,
0: dialed argue Yeah, 33% of so familiar, if you're not familiar with the one at this point, they have a great model where there's a uh, 33% of the workout is a treadmill. 33% mm-hmm. of the workout is going to be probably a water-based rower, a bubble rower. Mm-hmm. And then 33% of the workout is going to be in this weightlifting, you know, resistance training world right? So you have these right. three areas right. and people move throughout these three sections. So 33% of the workout is essentially sticking them on a cardiovascular machine, the most nostalgic one that everyone sees the least barrier to entry in, which is the treadmill, mm-hmm. and the bubble rower, which nobody had ever touched or seen other than seeing it in uh, the early days of House of Cards with Frank Underwood on his old school bubble rower. And then the TRX dumbbell thing, which was for most people probably resistance training, was not a normal part of their workout routine. So, in theory, in theory, it, as you looked at this, yeah, yeah right. Um, in my opinion, it was such a such a simple application of fitness that that wasn't really the wow factor. What Orange Theory came out with was they they stood on the back of Epoch, right? For those of us mm-hmm. know our physiology mm-hmm. and and heart rate based exercise, which was. Right. Wildly, Which was old technology that recently became, you know, revitalized with Bluetooth. Right. Okay. Right. I, so I went to St. Ignatius in Cleveland, Ohio. I had in PE class, I literally right. had heart rate monitors and we had to like lick them and the electrodes and stick it to your chest. Yep. To your, yep. This is not new tech. It was just introduced to the group fitness world as new, right? The, the ingredients were old. Right. The recipe was new. So I like- Exactly. I, you know, I was even like, man, even if the workout sucks, A, nobody will fucking know because it's so nuanced and quote unquote new to the customer. Like, oh my God, right. I've never, I've done treadmills, but I never did a treadmill and then a water rower and then TRX. I don't even know what TRX is. Exactly. Was. And I got a that right. point. Fuck yeah. It, like Yeah. The the experience was very new, in my opinion, and you could have had a sh- you could have had a bad coach lesson. Like I, I really think they nailed it so well that they pushed so many people through that funnel that even if the experience yeah. was to the experienced fitness person less than thrilling or the workout was less than effective, their target and correct me if I'm wrong was typically people who didn't have the basis to make judgment calls as to whether the fitness was quality or not.
1: Yeah, I mean it was. And I think the the heart rate technology. I'm glad that you brought that up because they always, they always drive to be at the forefront of all of that stuff. Um, and I think, especially in the midst of lockdown and COVID and everything like that, there are areas that I I wish that they were faster to get to because I think it could have set them up for a, so know, something better. Right. There's, do they have an at home version yet? It so they yeah they started at home workouts. Um, during the pan during the you know March and April they started everything, but again it was just kind of late to the show and I think that just goes to, to the size by they the time can't
0: they can't they yeah. can't get like Peloton can Peloton can yeah. send you the hardware they can't get you a treadmill and a fucking right. bike and the, you know all that
1: right and so they have their own app though and so the heart rate technology I mean again like I think. And now with, you know, smartwatches and whatever, everyone is a lot more used to seeing that kind of stuff, but they did almost gamify it with these splat points, you know, and like people started freaking out about however many splat points they would get. And almost to the point where like, as a coach, I'm just like, listen, the fact that you got 40 splat points actually shows me that you're kind of in bad shape, but I'm not going to tell you that. I'll tell you that in a nice way. And, but it would just be kind of this friendly competition of 10 splat points versus 20 splat points. And, um, so yeah, and like getting people to kind of think about that, but yeah, the, you know, the clientele, and again, I think with the size of them, we tried to be everything to everyone and, but it was typically traditionally the person that either literally just wanted the cardio. And that's what I liked about it. I liked that there was still a traditional treadmill and got me to do intervals really quick. Same with the rower or the person that is intimidated by your classic big box gym Super intimidated by a CrossFit type of situation and is very new to to what fitness even is, and it makes it extremely user friendly between the coach and then we literally have screens in there that you follow along with the little people doing the exercises. Sure. So, yeah. So
0: then from Orange Theory, you transition into just going to CrossFit classes. To then, uh, you get hired by a longtime client of mine, uh, CrossFit Grandview, and mm-hmm. was that your was that your base gym? Was that your home gym you would go to? Yeah. Chapter. Yeah. So you got to see and and I've I refer to the work Brandon's done there. Uh he's done an immaculate job. Um his business is very successful. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, you just dis- what made you okay, let's just talk about this. What brought you over there? What was the gig that you were offered?
1: Yeah. Um, so Brandon reached out to me end of May, and at that time, Ohio was about to be allowed to reopen again. May 26th was the day that gyms and fitness anything could reopen. Um and at that point, I had officially stepped away from manager, I had gotten everything that I really wanted to get out of manager, I always knew that with Orange Theory, my, my ceiling was going to be studio manager, like I loved coaching. And so I was kind of ready to hand that off when I got the teams and the studio in a place that I was really liked. And it was a fun job. But again, I knew it wasn't long term what I wanted to do. So I Officially passed that off in February, went back to just coaching and kind of figuring out, okay, what, what am I doing? What's my next move here? And, um, and then COVID hit. So then in May, and again, at this point, I was a member with CrossFit now for the last few years back into all of that. So in May, Brandon reached out to me and it was really the whole low-key scramble to get into this online fitness space. And what he had done, which was really awesome, um, and what he had the luxury of doing, which we didn't have the luxury of doing with Orange Theory, because Orange Theory, it was, you know, it's so massive. All of the memberships just instantly went on a freeze, and um, which, you know, made sense, I suppose, in that model. But for the CrossFit member, our memberships, like a lot of us kept them alive so that we could still obviously support Brandon, support CrossFit Grandview. And then he started doing all these at-home workouts. So he reached out to me to become a CrossFit coach, which I had always kind of toyed with, but didn't seek out myself really. And then really to come and help him figure out what this whole online presence could be. And just to kind of flush out what that is. So be kind of the uh, additional face to these workouts. Cause at the time he ha- was, you know, doing all of it, he was creating the workouts. He was filming them, posting them. Um, and you know, I'm a female, so it would be a nice change of pace just to balance out what he was already doing. So that to me, I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, like this that feels right. like this feels like where there's definitely an opportunity here if we do it right. It's a lot of work. I mean, I think there's a misperception that you flip a switch on a website or flip a switch on an Instagram page, and it starts working for itself. um but I was like excited for how much work it might be and just in just to figure it out and to help that and to just give me a different side of fitness that I hadn't gone into yet because I've done the orange theory thing I've been a personal trainer at a different just very traditional personal training gym um crossfit is what I love crossfit is my own fitness and now I can both coach and then help be kind of at the forefront of creating whatever online experience brand he wants to to create with this so so and I'm
0: privy I to the, this information. I'm going to ask for the benefit of everyone listening. But so, what was, <laughs> so CrossFit Gravity very established facility. We're talking over 600 members, right? This is what you know does over a million dollars in revenue. This Is a very what's what's their what's the unique thing that even a gym that's really ridiculously successful on the brick and mortar side is going to do to create an online thing that's going to make any sort of splash? Were you guys looking at this as all right? we only need to make a splash in the terms of retaining the clients if we get shut down again, if they're afraid mm-hmm. to be back because of COVID or was the idea that we're going to create something that actually is a standalone brand and product that could surpass the reach of, mm-hmm. brand new, you know, outside of Columbus, Ohio.
1: The goal is definitely the latter. So at the time, and you know, even right now it's, it is and was kind of serving as just a little bit of a bandaid and something to to show that we're expanding into more than just being the traditional brick and mortar. Um, But, you know, trying to then make it something bigger and something standalone. So that is still the long-term goal of, of everything. If, if it still makes sense to do that. So, and that's also, I think, you know, just kind of a trial and error with anything for that matter, but especially for the businesses that have the ability to pivot and do something quick like that. Um, to see what it makes the most sense of, if it does become more of like, okay, let's just show our current people that we have this option for them as an add-on, um, that they still love what's happening and maybe it just sticks to a hyper-local situation right now. But then, you know, and so then maybe that's all it ever becomes. Or is this thing, we really see some legs with this particular piece of it and we could really start making a big reach with this so that it stands alone. So the ultimate goal is to make it its own standalone thing, but I think again, it's just kind of as time goes on and as we see things continue to unfold, what makes the most sense for CrossFit Grandview business, as well as this potential future business? Does it make sense to keep it in or Does it do? Does it have the legs to to stand on its own?
0: That's a super interesting kind of on the fence position because there's a lot of people like, all right, we'll put the time and energy into this thing. It does. It it takes time, it takes energy, it takes cash to hire people like you if it's got to come from the outside to help grow this thing, or you have to re or you have to reestablish your org chart. Be like, all right, Coach Tommy, I know you're pretty much head of programming, but now you're also head of fucking our online thing too. Like we have to Mm -hmm. reorganize this thing, and I think everyone's sitting there like, okay, well, if COVID disappears in X amount of time, I, and we kind of go back to normal, are we going to just shelf this, right? We have X right. workouts we created, we can give it to people when they travel, but it'll be a nice little thing. Right. For Again, there's other people that are on the defensive of like, or the offense side of it. like, no, 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 keep growing it. Because I, I don't think we're getting out of this in 2021 either. And they have that viewpoint. Right. It's that we're going to keep growing this thing. And, you know, I've done a bunch of interviews. I did a, I did a, a um, the new show episode on the online thing, Paragon training, Marcus Philly's functional body building, yep. three parking that, you know, just a Miranda on here. And I'm going to continue to interview these online people that are just that, I mean, they're doing less. Well, let me tell you this way. They're not doing less. They're, they're doing it a different way than what like yeah. and mortar, like what you guys did, you guys came up with actual, like these high end videos with the, you know, the digital element, here's the workout on the screen and they got to uh-huh. walk through the movements. When a lot of these models that are doing extremely well uh, are just providing some programming in a Wattify account right. and some sexy videos on, on social media in their private groups. And right. did you guys ever look at that like did, – did, do you think it was approached as this is going to be harder than we expect? Or this is actually – I think this is a layup if we, can, if we can do it right. I think this could be easier. I mean these guys are doing it with rapid success right. on, on programming alone. Where do you guys? Where would you guys see that in the difficulty spectrum? Because I think a lot of people are like, "It's not yeah, yeah. too hard. I'm not fucking with it." Or, "Dude, this is." I, I mean, I I get on calls. I'm like, "I'm gonna be the next street parking." I'm like,
1: "Yeah, okay,
0: that's a tall order." Yeah. But let me You're hear
1: right. with your pitch. Exactly. I think that you know it was. I think there's an area of it that is kind of that easy layup, and that is our Watify account, and. You know, and because, I mean, I have multiple Wattify accounts, you know, for a very low rate per month, just to simply see the programming of other gyms and places that I respect and really like and just want different ideas to try around in the gym. Um, But I think to really grow what the street parkings and the Marcus Phillies have done is way harder than people think it is. And because the amount of time and energy that goes into a brick and mortar, that's essentially what you're doing, but now in a digital space. So it requires that same kind of effort that I would put into a pre-sales or anything, you know, to just really reach out to, not just bringing in new people, but really taking care of your current people and making sure that there is value add for these people that are coming in. And so I think, you know, it's just, it's been, it's harder than, than what any of us have anticipated because it does just take so much time and energy. And it's just, and even I think, you know, Miranda mentioned this on her when you guys talked and it was just like, this is just her, like day in and day out, like it's harder and you're gonna get burned out if you're not fully invested in something. Um, But because, you know, that is just genuinely like, street parking is what she does. Like that is what she believes in. This is her life day in and day out, take it or leave it. And so she doesn't get burned out, you know, she doesn't get sick of constantly talking and posting about this stuff. So, you know, I think, I think that's kind of, you know, where we're at with seeing how this, seeing how everything goes. And if it becomes just kind of that additional value add for our current CrossFit Grandview members, I think that's okay. And I think a lot of owners can, you know, still chalk that up as a win, you know, tailor it back a little bit and have, okay, we know that if needed, we can pull this out for the people that are traveling or if God forbid, we have to lock down again or something like that. Um, versus is it worth the time, effort, and energy, and money to build this whole brand new engine? And I think that that piece is possible as long as the timeline and expectations are are clear. And not even clear, but just understood that it's going to be longer than everyone thinks it is.
0: So let's talk about that. How is, and this is so for everyone listening, it is called Edge Online Training. Yeah. There are three different uh, styles or three different uh, options on the menu with edge that you can go with less accountability mm-hmm. to more accountability type scenarios, styles of programming, all that stuff. Um, how is it doing? What, what are some of the wins and some of the losses you guys have experienced in rolling out this rather mm-hmm. robust and um, I, because I know Brandon is a CEO and founder, uh, highly uh, he has high um, ambitions for it. What are some of the wins right. and losses you guys have experienced?
1: Well, I think overall, I mean, we've definitely, the people, you know, they they believe in what Brandon has at Crossford Grandview, what we have at Crossford Grandview, and um, I think, you know, because they have seen how much we have done for them before, during, and after all of this COVID stuff, you know, there is such a, a loyalty to that, so I think just, you know, our current people, there is such a, a win there with the ones that want to, that are realizing that they can still follow what we do, still touch base with their favorite coaches, still see everything and do what they have to do with what they have at home and still in the name of kind of CrossFit Grandview and to show their support for that. So, um, and then I think, you know, just the content that we have is, is awesome. I mean, Brandon is extremely good at programming he loves doing it. And so we're very fortunate to just have the intentional type of program that isn't just, you know, a cookie cutter, anything. And I know that, um, you know, like, like you've talked about before, everyone kind of has the same general types of things, you know, like weightlifting, running, stuff's not going to go anywhere. It's just what is your own kind of personal message, your authenticity that people are going to connect with. And, um, and I think Brandon has that. So I think, you know, we've definitely had a nice little chunk of people that have remained loyal and told their friends about it and have built that up. And so yeah, it starts with just kind of, you know, the very simple Wattify account, see what we're doing across the Grandview, add to your, your existing programming, try out some ideas to, okay, this one is tailored to the person who is at home, who is traveling a lot. We have a whole like on studio flex on demand site that they can go and see. And then the all in person who does want the one on one coaching and contact and individual design. Um So it's definitely working, you know, it's just I think, I think the wins are really just as much as we can to reach out to those current people and just to really take our time rather than pushing as, you know, too many promotions at once, which, um, you know, just to, and then people kind of get lost, you know, take care of your current people, the ones that we have, and, you know, they'll, they'll tell people and it'll spread organically.
0: What's the, what's the approximate, how many people are on, are utilizing edge in one of those three capacities? Do you have an idea on that number?
1: The last time I looked at it, we were, I want to say right now, you know, the edge at home stuff, we are over a hundred for that, for sure. Um, the Wattify accounts, and we've seen more of those too, just as holidays change, or you know, weather changes and holidays coming up and everything like that. Um, so just the traditional Wattify account upwards of 20. And then between each of the coaches, we each have anywhere between maybe one to three one-on-one clients, personal people that we are programming for and um, designing out individual design templates and stuff
0: yeah so it's growing slow and steady and it's also something where I think the end consumer doesn't even know do I need to really get down with this at home online thing because you guys are currently open in Ohio you guys are open
1: right right?
0: you are you guys are able to function you guys have a very large facility so social distancing and things are are not as much of a strangle on you Um, right CrossFit gym that's in you know. Twenty seven hundred square feet. That's a traditional mm-hmm. CrossFit style gym. So, when okay, so we think about your work with Edge and what you did here in the, in the CrossFit realm. And, and go ahead and you know, obviously, I know CrossFit. Your fitness program, you like, and I'm sure from a corporate mm-hmm. you know office structure, you probably enjoy walking around Grandview and and having that maybe more than the the orange the boutique Orange Theory boutique kind <laughs> of scenario. When you look at these two worlds. If you could, you know, create the perfect transformer, right? Like, what elements of that world and elements of like the your experience with in a CrossFit gym, if you got to like make this hybrid model, like, what what is that? Yeah. Like? like, if I give you a, I give you a blank check right now and said, listen, I'll finance this entire thing. You bring <laughs> the best of both worlds. What would that look like? Um,
1: yeah. Well, you know, I think the the biggest, you know, things that I could take from Orange Theory would be just their attention to detail of from start to finish of more of the experience, I suppose. So, but then the parts of the CrossFit model that I love is just the hard working. Once it's three, two, one go, you are just doing things that you didn't realize you were capable of doing. And it's very much, it's not as, coach dependent and when I say coach dependent it's because the orange theory workout just like a berries workout is very it's I mean you're listening your coach is telling you exactly what to do when to do it and um or soul cycle like you know any any of that type of you're thing less so,
0: autonomous as a customer at orange right. Theory or Barry's boot camp
1: right right um but you know the crossfit side of it it's the part for me is just again making people realize that they can throw around a barbell that they are you know stronger than what they realize like getting over the kind of the mental toughness and stop you know stopping just the people that want to just be victims in there and just be told what to do like no pick up that barbell you're you you can do this I promise so taking you know again that the moment that they walk in the door what do they hear what do they feel what do who greets them what does that sound like what does it look like and then taking them through you know, just a a workout that they do things that they didn't know that they were capable of doing. And things that can be, obviously they're doing it in a gym setting, but what I've always liked about CrossFit as well, that has steered me towards things like Spartan racing and that kind of stuff is that it's literally just kind of working with what you have. So if you have a box, if you have a bar, if you're out in the woods, you can climb things, you can use your grip, that kind of stuff. so kind of tailoring more of again, like showing these people what they're able to do with what they have, but giving them that experience that from the second they walk in to when they walk out, it's just like, whoa, what just happened? And they're gonna remember that.
0: that branding. Good branding <laughs> and bad
1: And a sick workout. Yes.
0: Workouts. Yeah, that I mean, I think that's essentially, you know, you met when we were when I mentioned the autonomous client, the clients of CrossFit, not maybe at, at inception, but as they graduate through the program, they become more autonomous. And the fact that those were the clients that really didn't need the detailed coaching workouts, but like, this is how, we're, okay, we're first stretch the hamstring. This is a uh-huh. stretch. lean forward. Like they, they're, they they were not looking for that type of coaching. They wanted performance, increased cues, tactile, visual, cue, you know, verbal, whatever it may be. And they uh-huh. want maybe workout strategy cues like every cross like how do i tackle this workout what, do, what
1: exactly I yeah
0: kind of like a, a golfer would look at a par five and be like all okay, right the right way to play this and right. i think that that is the real the addictive thing if i were to like brush away all the the, the superficial stuff it's creating a mm-hmm. workout that gets you thinking whereas and it albeit it's a great business model too mm-hmm. um, cl- workouts that where you just walk in turn off your brain and you just move and you just mm-hmm. go at it. Right. You're just like, all right, I'm just going to do it. You tell me when to switch and I'll switch. I don't want to think today. They both right. have plenty of potential. It's just, which one can you drive home the best with the branding right. to match it? I think CrossFit Grandview has always done a good job of never what I call bitching out on your branding, which, you know, being, yeah. <laughs> under, they're an unapologetic CrossFit brand and they've never tried to be apologetic for that. That's right. the demographic they attract. They're not trying to do the yeah. six week fluffy muffin bootcamp thing. Um, Never. Yeah, I, I, it's very interesting. I, I, it's. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. For your resume, is anyone listening to this right? And, uh, and one day might want to poach M. This is a great candidate. <laughs> you have this. You have this amazing. You're at the this studio manager of Orange Theory. This world, and then mm-hmm. one of probably the strongest financially brand wise like CrossFit brands east of the Mississippi. And oh, yeah. you just have this amazing experience. And it then leads you down to this next evolution of your career where you're now creating experiences. And this is in a new, very new realm at the amenity level for residential, mm-hmm. residential, multifamily units, aka apartment complexes. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about this new transition in your work now in in creating Fitness or wellness, I believe, is what we were talking about earlier, the terminology yeah. that you guys are using.
1: Right. Yeah. It's um, it's geez, it's been a freaking weird year and a crazy year. But I'm I'm excited for this. So I'll technically be the director of wellness for Thrive Companies. And as you said, yes, they develop these big, you know, luxury communities and townhomes and all that kind of stuff. So what makes me really excited about it is when I when I do kind of think back on the different hats I've worn, I suppose, you know, it goes back to everything that I did from the branding agency, from kind of the ground up of like, okay, what does, what is the messaging? What do we look, feel, and sound like? Um, you know, so the, that whole kind of branding experience of what these facilities will look like, and primarily it will be, you know, the gyms themselves. I think what they really want to do, what they first approached me about, and they first approached me around the same time that Brandon did, And again, this is, this position is not even a thing right now. Like this is super in its infancy. It's new for this type of world. It's a, you know, real estate development world. And what was just kind of, okay, here's your 24 hour gym, or we've partnered with, you know, go fitness who already has their own brand. Like that's our partner here. That's your gym. And now they want to bring that all in and really develop what that is. So building what that brand at each of these different locations is. Um, around, you know, the Columbus area with all of their, they've got six or seven communities right now. Um, And then, and going beyond just the facility. So what is their just general, you know, general 24-hour gym? Are there classes that we want to offer? If so, what does that look like? Oh, this, this place has a green area, like it would be super sick to get a really awesome yoga instructor in here, events, marketing, like, just developing that 360 wellness offer for the person living there, primarily.
0: My foray into commercial real estate um, in buying this property and anything else we do in the future has put me mm-hmm. in the room with people that do what you're doing, these giant developers sure. in the multifamily world. And the big conversation I heard pre-COVID was – not really wanting to put a ton of money into the fitness facilities. They were meant to be good enough. And on the tour, people like, Oh yeah, I'm totally, I'll save a hundred dollars a month because I want to get a gym or studio membership anywhere. And I can work out. It was had to be good enough to the eye in application. They were uh, under resourced with equipment uh, too small. And it just, it didn't, the space didn't flow well at all. Like I had done some consulting with some uh, resident places. Like how can we make this flow better? Um, Right. So, Now, in a COVID world, and what my guess is from the conversations I have now, a lot of these real estate developers are not putting a lot of belief that the brick-and-mortar fitness scene is going to be as abundant as it was previously, and they're not wrong. We all know that there's going to be a lot of brick-and-mortar gyms that are dead, Mm D-O-A. So if we're trying to sell this apartment right, that is $1,800 a month for a one-bedroom or whatever it may be, how can we show everyone you don't have to leave anymore if this work from home? Mm-hmm. You know, again, I'm seeing co-op working space like co-working spaces right. out. We just partner with one down here in Charlotte that's a part of the apartment. The apartment's here, and then next yep. to it, it's called Camden. Camden, whatever. And then it, next to it is Camden Co-working. Where anyone that's a member could go in there into this co-working. You book it. You just go online and reserve the spot. And I, like resident communities are rethinking of what it is to kind of not leave. It's not like they're trying to keep people in a bubble, but keep everything nice and clean for the price a premium price on the apartment. Are you hearing is similar to what the guy, people you're talking with and these companies are thinking as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that was, um, you know, another thing that, that did attract me to this position was the intention that the CEO has taken at, at every layer of that business and really kind of thinking, in, in terms that you're you're talking about right now, like just kind of really seeing things from a much bigger perspective and seeing things more strategically in the long run. And as you're saying, I think it's, and even just personally, I mean, it, it took some convincing and some meetings that I was set up on to kind of, you know, show them that this was a valuable thing and something that needed to be considered and needed to be redesigned, especially because in their own right? And it is a, you know, real estate type of thing, but they want to be the best, just like CrossFit Grandview, in my opinion, is the best. And just like Orange Theory Grandview, in my opinion, is the best. Um, So really just rethinking what that experience is. And now everyone has had to think about if, if wellness and fitness is important to them, which now more than ever, I think it is to everybody, whether you're a gym rat or not. And, you know, I think they want options. People are understanding that they can use a set of dumbbells if they need to, or they did invest in a Peloton bike and they want a digital component to it. They want a little coach in their ear telling them when to go faster, um, or they want the 24 hour gym. So having something for everybody that exactly doesn't, you know, they wanna be home, they have to be home with the kids, they have to work from home some days, be at the office other days, and just having an option for all of that um, is, is something that they're, tr- they're definitely making an investment. So, and so, yeah, yeah I'm excited I, it, to see.
0: So I remember four years ago having a conversation with an apartment complex that wanted to put a very lavish fitness facility. They wanted to look very functional fitness. It was meant to kind of look mm. like a CrossFit gym. And I said, great. Let's just say the build out of this costs $1.2 million. How yeah. will your How will your company know – if the investment has any ROI on it, as it's sold right. it, an amenity, just like the seawater, the saltwater pool, and the billiards room, and the fucking the free printers and co-op working space in there, how will you know? And I, my my pitch then was, you have to put on a key fob access that links mm-hmm. the person, so that every time there's a scan, you know when they scanned in, and make them scan out, and you can start being out of, out of our uh, 355 residents. 40% utilize the facility for an average of three hours per week, blah, blah. You can get all this quant data, and then you can get all right. this qual data when it comes time to renew the apartment complex lease, which everyone knows normally has a little VIG on it. It's a 3% increase, 5% increase, 10%, whatever it may be. Um, and, and seeing it, it does it cycle over to why leave home? Why leave here? I have everything I need mm-hmm. until I can buy my own house. And mm-hmm. I'm in that world, which we all know the millennial generation is just dog shit. at saving up money to buy a home. Um, it it makes it, that was my argument like four years ago. Yeah. Have you had any discussions? Like, okay, cool. We're going to do all this. How are we going to judge whether this is a sound investment or not?
1: Yeah. And that was, um, yeah, the, I, that's actually kind of right now, the conversations that are taking place. Cause my most immediate and it's all, I mean, this is all very new, um, so I haven't even officially stepped into this. It's not gonna happen until early 2021, January sometime. Um, so that actually in this moment is kind of what's happening because right now the, the facility is also going to be primarily for the resident, but we do want to potentially have it open to the public. And cause that's actually right now, what like the go fitness that's attached onto or snap fitness or any of those that are attached onto their other communities, it's open to anybody. Sure. Um, so it will be a separate thing and it will be a key card access situation. And that's going to be a big one. And when it comes to it, again, if there are classes of some kind that are developed, okay. Now we're thinking mind body class pack, all sure. of that type of stuff it as well. A so
0: you're, you're a meta, and that's where I think a yeah. clunky in my conversations four years ago, because essentially yep. this the the amount of investment you need into this, you're essentially creating a business. It would need a staff of yes. instructors. It would need a personal trainer, someone to do fitness consultations and sell personal training. It would yep. need, it like, there's definitely a, a staff now. Now we're talking a cleaning staff out the ass, yep. like all this crazy stuff. But I do, I think it's very interesting. I think you're seeing, um, also, I think this is such a, this goes on to a completely different tangent of mine that I'm on renting is it. such a better, like people who buy homes all of you guys listening here, if you're a, like a first time home buyer and you're like, I'm buying a home. And I say, cool. Why are you doing it? They're like, well, it's an investment. You're a fucking moron. It's not an investment unless you sell <laughs> it for more money. And you realize that if you sell it within the first 10 years, you've only probably been paying your interest off on this fucking quote unquote investment. You haven't even touched your goddamn principal. I just I have all these first time home uh, home buyers that I work with as gym owners. I'm super excited to buy homes. And I'm like, why like why well it's an investment yeah like it, you don't yeah. understand how real estate it, it, that's not how that works but anyway that's a completely different topic um are <laughs> you, just watching you get more and more I, worked up. i'm on. just getting. So yeah i know the next Let week, it out. yeah but like so i just think it's super interesting that you're on the forefront of this thing because one thing you look at orange theory and you're gonna be like uh i know how to make 1800 square feet super fucking profitable right and then you're also on this crossfit thing where you're like i know how to bridge a community that it it, and where the workout program of CrossFit is not the model they're going after as far as that goes it just takes up a little too much but I know what creating a fitness community can do for an overall brand like an apartment complex like a GoFit, like a whatever Um, I think you're a uh, a complete dual threat package uh in this new role and I'm super excited for you
1: thank you I appreciate that yeah it'll be it's gonna be probably terrifying and probably (laughs) super Oh, just a lot, but I, I mean, I'm super excited but about you know, it. And precedence
0: though, if you fuck up, it's not like, well, she didn't do it as good as we did at this other location two years ago. Like this is a new exactly new- you're going to probably get two <laughs> years of fucking up before anyone will even fire you. Like, cause you're going to fucking, you're going to have a built up timeline. Like, Oh, it's been COVID. I don't know. Like we're trying.
1: <laughs> that literally was one of our conversations as well. And it was like, cause I was, I mean, I was just asked point blank. Like if anything of this just sounded like, out of I don't know out of my wheelhouse maybe and I'm like you know what probably all of it is but I think I know enough of what we're going after here that I can absolutely do it and he's like he's like ask you know so and so over here one of my friends actually is works with this company and in a totally different realm but she messed up uh, this many times her first year and she's like all right cool like sick thank you you're really selling this position Um, but just again like where they're where their mind is at now because it exa- it, it is just that it is a business within a business. And, and for that matter, I mean, they even, you know, it's, again, it's apartment complexes. So their construction service is a business in a business. If that broke off, it could still live. It would stand alone. Yeah. And so that's where they see wellness going. If that broke off and that again, can kind of encompass events and community events, you know, outside of just a workout, but bringing together the residents for, something or other, bringing in food vendors or creating them ourselves, like putting freaking juice and shit on. Oh, okay. I, I probably won't do that, but.
0: <laughs> awesome. And listen, if anyone's listening to this today and they want to reach out to you, they heard something you said, they want to ask a question or anyone wants to get in contact with you, what is the best way for them to do so?
1: Um, probably social media is always good. So my Instagram is, is Lasco Coach, my last name. I also have a website, coachlasco.com. Um, my email and everything is on that too. So coachlasco.com or lasco coach on Instagram.
0: Rock and roll. Guys, I'll put that down in the show notes as well so you can get to it. And Emily, thank you so much for for coming on and, and jamming with me. Yeah. I really
1: appreciate it. Thank you. It's been fun. Thank you. Absolutely.